Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch. David. Dude. Dude. Have you ever sneezed real hard in the middle of taking a shit? No, I don't think I have. That sounds painful, but it was painful. Dude, seriously, today, I mean, that thing shot out of me like a fucking rocket ship. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, if you're ever having issues, take some pepper in there with you. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it will clean you, I mean, just instantly. I mean, I, like, right. I've never been shocked while going to the bathroom, but I was, like, looking around, like, did anyone see that? And the door shut, and I'm just in the bathroom by myself. I was like... What the fuck just happened to me? We're going to go ultra personal here for a minute. Um, <laughs> Was that not personal well, enough? <laughs> I would never make it in prison. Ever. Like, I'll have, I'll have where, one that's... I don't know where this is fucking going, but okay. I'll have a shit that's larger than average, right? <laughs> and I'm like crying in there. And, and I'm like having to work up the courage to push because you know it's going to hurt, right? And, oh. and you're contemplating like... This show's taking a dark Abandoning turn. Abandoning it and going and taking boat, boatloads of laxatives and like dealing with the mess. Getting some glycerin. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then when it, when you finally like get up the courage and push through it, right? Then you look in the toilet and you're like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> like all that pain for that. Like I would never, ever make it in prison. Dude, <laughs> I don't I mean, think you have a choice if you're in prison, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, the I thought just, of the thought of up. sneezing at our age can be painful, but sneezing while taking a shit, I can only Dude, imagine. I'm literally in the middle of taking a shit. I sneezed so hard, like, uh, like there was water everywhere. I'm like, what just fucking happened to me? Yeah. I'm looking around. I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. <laughs> you I'm got like, Poseidon's kiss. Dude, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it jumped so, up and kissed you. So, anyways, I had a new experience today at 41 years old that I'd never had before. It was very, it was very weird. Sounds very, exhilarating. Very personal. I mean, I know people probably don't want to hear that. Like they're drinking their coffee. Like Dave, really? But you know, sometimes I got to share my my life experiences, go. man. So I had somebody. Oh God, I had somebody reach awful. out. I, well, I've had several people reach out over episode 102. Apparently, I was more fiery last week. Than I usually am. What did we talk about? Getting fucked over by my marketing agency was probably the the most fiery part. Was that one hundred two? Yeah, yeah, I think it was one hundred two. I had several people text me like, "You dropped a lot of f bombs." Yes. Yeah, you they, dropped I a had, lot of f. I had like, one, oh, you're trying to catch up to Dave. That's probably what they were saying. I had somebody reach out and go, "I don't think I've ever heard as many f bombs from you." I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" It was Dan. 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 Dan has told me before. I think I like the show because. Dave's like me, and he just says fuck way too many times. Like, <laughs> like it made me laugh when he said that, and I was like, then I got to thinking about it. Yeah, Dan says fuck a lot when we're on our one-on-one calls. He's yeah. right. Like, we do say a lot of the same stupid used, shit. Used properly, it's a, it's a form of art. Yeah. It, well, 
Yeah. I don't know if I used it properly. Last I probably week or use not, it. But. I probably use it too much. Like it, I, it's a verb, a noun, an adjective. Like I'm just. Oh, it's everything. It's everything to me. Yeah. I don't know why. It deserves an Emmy. It, de- <laughs> it deserves something. Or an Oscar. Ugh. Or a fucking Oscar. I don't know. I don't. What, <laughs> this show took a weird turn right weird out turn. of the gate. What do you want to talk about today, dude? All right. So we got three topics. One of them is a carryover from last week. Last week we wanted to talk about leading by example, and we never got a chance to. No, because the show went like an hour and 20. Yeah. And I'm not even sure exactly how it got that long. Yeah. We, we had a lot to talk about. We took a week <laughs> off. I get Yeah, that's true. So we're going we're gonna to talk about leading by example. Uh, we're going to talk about the hard way and how the hard way is the right way. <clears throat> and then we're going to talk about how things don't just happen. So first and foremost, and believe it or not, all of these kind of roll together. Um, first and foremost is leading by example. So... There's a common theme that you're going to want to adapt in business, and that is never do or never require your people to do anything that you aren't willing to do yourself, right? Now, some people get that wrong. That's like the old adjud, 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 adage. Adage, thank you. <laughs> adjud. Lead by example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you always <laughs> want to be leading by example, right? It's the absolute best way to lead. Um, you can't be preaching to your guys about keeping a clean truck if your truck's filthy. Because you lose yeah. all credibility with your guys, right? Yeah. You can't be preaching to your guys about keeping customers' homes clean if your shop's filthy. Because if you don't even care to keep your shop clean, why would your guys care to keep the customers' homes clean, you know? Yeah. So, like, there's some yeah. basic levels to it like that. But it kind of goes two ways. So, like, leading by example. So just because you can subscribe to the idea that you know, I'll never do anything or I'll never make my guys do anything that I'm not willing to do. That doesn't mean you can't have your guys doing things that you're not doing. Some people way overthink that statement and they'll say, well, if my guys are doing this, I'm doing it. Well, at some point, somebody has to be the leader in the business. Yeah. At some point, somebody has to spearhead things, right? So, I can run service calls, and I would never make my guys run service calls that I'm not willing to run. However, if the business is to take off in the direction that we want to take it off in, there comes a point where like, I have to come out of the truck. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. And into the office and start doing some more managerial things in the office. There's just a lot of time-consuming shit that you have to do when you're when you're doing all that. All your you know, inventory and bills and analyzing numbers to make sure that things are going in the right direction and and things like that. And so a lot of people will use leading by example and use the statement of, I'll never have my guys do anything I'm not willing to do. They use that to cap their growth. They use it as an excuse. Yeah. Like it's almost like if they're afraid to grow and afraid to get out of the field, then they'll use that as an excuse. Well, I have to be in the field because the guys are in the field working. Right. And and I wouldn't want them to... um, have to be doing all what 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 did we call that what's that called imposter syndrome yeah yeah a little bit right Uh, you know that's kind of the same thing right like you can't you can't get out of the field because you feel guilty about it almost sometimes too like that's another thing guys do yeah right yeah like what you want to do is you want to get to the kind of the you know you'll see this a lot in like military establishments where you'll have a ranking 
officer or something like it's different on every branch of the military, but you have a group of guys and their job is to like be in the field. Maybe they're infantry or something like that. Their job is to be in the field doing the physical stuff. Right. And then they've got a leader whose job is to kind of hang back and call the shots and make sure everyone's where they're supposed to be. Right. Yeah. So you want to get the culture to a point where your field guys are looking at the leader going, don't you got some office paperwork to do or something? Like, get out of here. We got this. Get out of my ditch. Yeah. I don't need you standing here micromanaging me. I need you to be doing your job and let me do my job. Right. Right. right? And that's, you know, we've talked about this before. That's a real hard thing for some guys to do Mm -hmm. because they've been in the field so long, especially guys that have been in service for 15 years and then they start a company and that company's been rolling for three. I mean, they're almost 20 years in, and they're like, well, how do I even yeah. get out of the field? Like, it's it's who I am. Right. You know? Right. And it's just, it's difficult for them. Yeah, and there's there's kind of two ways. If you're that guy, so chances are, if you're that guy, <clears throat> you started your company later, right? Yeah. Um, and chances are, if you're that guy, um, you, you, you might be a lot like me where the vision wasn't ever big enough. Um, my vision for my company didn't start out big enough at all. No, I, you always I, thought you would kind of be in the field and have right. your guys, and we'd do it together, and that's yeah, that's where I, I kind of thought after five to ten years we might be doing a million dollars in revenue. Yeah, and <clears> and <throat> and everybody'd be getting paychecks, and that'd be good. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, and that's why we talk about when your vision changes, you have to step back and kind of reevaluate where you're at. Like, hey, okay, right, my vision has now changed, and this is where I'm going to go. Right. You know, right. That's that's what we mean by that. And and one of the other things too with leading by example is as a leader, sometimes it's your job to give the advice and to coach your people, even telling them things that they don't want to hear in the moment, right? Like we all have this we all have this way of like realizing <laughs> that something might not like maybe I need some help in this area or I'm not quite seeing something or or I think a lot, it, this happens more often than not. Deep down, we know what we should do, but we don't like that answer because maybe it comes with a lot of work or it's just different than that's we a, usually do it. Right? That's 100% right. And so what we do is we start asking for advice. And really <laughs> what we're doing is we're trying to find, we're trying to let somebody else get creative and come up with some other way to do it that other than like other than the way I already know how to do it, I just don't want to do it, right? Yeah, and or, so, or to talk you out of it. Yeah, yeah, and and you're scared to death. Our job as a leader is to be like, no, we just got to do it that way sometimes, Um, and and that's 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 what it takes sometimes, right? Um, I I had this saying that that I've said forever that sometimes we have to work a little harder for our money, right? We uh, we have this dream scenario in our minds based off of good weeks or good months or whatever, and this is with any industry out there. Um, Some months production just happens right? Let's say you're in the sales business. Some months, you'd have to try not to sell somebody something. Yeah. Some some months, you just go to the job and you sell everyone. Right. Like, you literally just sell everyone and you're like, dude. Yeah. And then there's other months where you're like, I can't get, you know... You couldn't buy a sale if you wanted to. No. Right? And so, what happens, the wrong way to handle that is it, the, the smart sales guys go into those months where everything's selling and they know that things are just falling in their favor. They don't they don't take credit for it, right? The the bad sales guys they're like, 
oh yeah, I sold this, and then I sold this, and then I sold this, <laughs> yeah. and they act like they're responsible for it all. Well, yeah, with well, their chest puffed out, and then, yeah, and then and then those are the same guys that the next month when it sucks, they're like, well, I just didn't get any good leads. Yeah, and, yeah, oh, I the, didn't get good the calls. Customers right? are a bunch of dicks, or it, the yeah. weather was bad. Well, you know what? Maybe it was just wasn't your month, bro. Right, right. Like, just come on, dude. Like some there's natural flows mm-hmm. with things for sure. Everything but, ebb and flows. But at the same token. Like a good salesperson is going to walk into that month where everything is selling. It like that's a red flag for me because if everything's selling and I'm not and it's fairly effortless, then I'm leaving a bunch on the table. I need some freaking resistance somewhere to prove that I'm getting as much as I can for an item or getting yeah. getting as many sales as I can or you know whatever the case may be. I mean some of that sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's just you're just hot. Yeah, just yeah. Some, sometimes all, it man. just you know rolls through, and it's yeah. and it's easier, right? So it's no different than like in athletics. Sometimes the team, the the best team won. Other times, one of the teams just sabotaged themselves, right? Yeah, and and they they, they shit had it away. foolish penalties at the wrong time, or yeah, they just yep. shit the game away. Yep. And the right thing to do for the winning team, the right thing to do is be like, yeah, we played hard, but we got a lucky break at the end, right? Yeah. The wrong thing to do is be like, yeah, we made them. Yeah. We beat the best team in the NFL. Yeah. We got three wins this year. (laughs) Like, come on, dude. What are you doing? Exactly. So your job as a leader is to lead by example through the good times and the bad times. And stay humble when it's a good time. Yep. And then learn when it's a bad time. Right. What can we do differently? Right. Like, it's, it's hard for... Like, it's hard for me. Like, I, Mitch knows me. Hell, half the people, the listeners know me. I'm emotional. My emotions are always on my sleeve, you know? Like, it's hard for me to say, okay, don't say anything. Right. You got to check yourself at the door and be like, okay, I've got to handle this situation from a humble, neutral standpoint. Right. Like, for you, it's super easy. You're just kind of an even-keeled person anyway. Yeah, right? it's because like, I'm analytical, but that comes back to bite me sometimes, too. I could, I could definitely yes, it does, use... but we're not going to get into that on today. It's I, not I, Psychiatry 101 today. <laughs> I, I could definitely use a little bit more emotion-driven Sometimes, stuff. yeah. 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 Just like I could use more analytical. Right. But, but really it is, and we talk about mindset on the show all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's really your ability, how you will overcome that no matter what type of person you are, is that you're able to step back and look at yourself and say, okay, wait, what is the right way to handle this? Right. Like either check my emotions or... I don't know what you would say. I, I don't want to say check your analytics, but you know what I mean? Just yeah. you have to evaluate what's the right decision, you know, in this moment for this thing before you just act rash yeah. and jump on board. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so black and white in those things. It's like you put in this much input, you get this much output. It's just that what that's what it is. And on a long enough timeline, it works. It doesn't work every single time, but on the law of averages, you know, once you've verified mm-hmm. how much input you're putting in you, you know that, okay, I put in this much input over this amount of time, it's going to result in this much output over that same amount of time. Well, yeah, now, it's like... You may have peaks and valleys <laughs> along the way, but that is what it is, yeah. right? and that's like, to use a sports analogy, that's like the analytics of baseball, right? They're like, you know, the numbers are the big thing. Oh, his on-base is 320. He's a great player. He's this, he's that, he's blah, blah, blah. Right. In sports, heart has a big part of it, too. Totally. Like, you can have equal quarterbacks on a team that put in the same amount of practice that have the same wide receivers that have the same line. But then when shit comes to hit the fan, one of them just digs down deep and pulls out with that heart. Like, Hey, right. I'm just going to get to the next level. It's right. the same thing. Right. Yeah. The, 
a, a good example for leading by example. Um, all the restaurants that closed during COVID <clears throat> saying they can't find good help these days, right? I'm not going to say this is the case for all of them, but a significant majority of them, that's not, they didn't, they didn't fail because they can't find good help. Good help is created. Good help is built. Good help is earned. It's not found, right? Yeah. You, you don't just walk down the street and find help, right? No. You're actively searching for good help. You're actively doing things that make good help want to come work for you, right? So chances are these smaller mom-and-pop shop restaurants that folded during COVID, chances are the owners of those restaurants were largely removed from the organization. They weren't spending as much time checking on things as they should. They didn't have enough safety nets built in like they should. And they were running a very fragile ship. And so when the going got tough and everybody was faced with the same problems, right? They're, they're forced to deal with the same problems just like everybody else. Like, like the small, the small restaurants are like to act like, well, we couldn't make payroll. Okay. I get it. But like, do you think fucking pizza hut, like their problem with payroll is the same as yours. Yeah. It's fucking bigger, but it's the same percentage. Right. So like, yeah, the difference is pizza hut had the wherewithal to have money set aside and have processes in place and everything else for, for all of that. So, um, well, and I want to add a little to that, like, the small businesses, especially restaurants, just to use your example, that made it through COVID were proactive. Yeah. Like they were, what can I do to keep these people working and to keep people coming in? Yeah. They were the ones that were down at the legislation or at the legislation trying to get so you could carry out alcoholic beverages mm-hmm. because that's the biggest markup in right. the restaurant business, obviously. Right. They were the ones that were pro, they weren't just sitting around waiting for a solution to punch them in the face. Right. Right? Right. They were actively seeking out, what can I do? They're the ones throwing up tents outside and heaters saying, okay, well, if you can't be in the restaurant, let's eat outside. Well, you want to know what's fucking hilarious about you saying that? Uh, literally, just this last weekend, my wife and I went to New York City for the weekend. It was our 16th wedding anniversary, so we went out there and just kind of hung out, right? Yeah. All along mm-hmm. the streets, still to this day, yeah. are outdoor dining yeah. It's really indoors. It's got fucking roofs. It's got yeah. fucking plexiglass walls. That's what I'm saying. The people that the small <laughs> businesses that wanted to stay open and had the drive. Yeah. Like that's the topic, right? The hard way is the right way. Well, that's, I mean, I know we're still on the first topic, yeah. but the next topic is hard way is the right way. Right. That was the hard way. Right. It's easy to fold up shop. Right. It's hard to build an outdoor pergola and get some heaters and realize and and then and then convince your employees that are the good ones that want to work, hey, this is what we have to do and if we don't band together, we're all going to be out of work. Right. So what do you guys want to fucking do? Right. And, you know, you know, that's just that's what it took. It, it it takes being as a small business owner, it takes being proactive and looking out in, into the future and saying, "How can I make this work?" Right. Because there's nothing but problems on the horizon. All the time. All the time. There's nothing but freaking problems. Yeah, business ownership is problems. And the more people you have, the more problems you have. You know what's crazy? In school, they always had those word problems and problem solving. These are so dumb. What it's really doing is just training you how to solve various problems that you don't want to have to deal with that make no sense. Yeah. 
Like I've literally used this as an example to my 10 year old daughter, like, babe, I, this is real. Yeah. You need to be just focus on it and solve the problem. Well, I can't. Well, yes, you can. Yeah, you you're going to have to. Because yeah. in life, that's all you're doing is solving fucking problems 24 7. Right. So, yeah, the, <clears throat> those restaurant owners that say you can't find good help these days or nobody wants to work. That's the classic one. Nobody wants to work these days. Well, right? That's a, a lot of people don't want to work. That's what? just because they're lazy. It's, well, no, there, there are a lot of people who don't want to work. But the statement of nobody wants to work is absolute bullshit because I got a whole fucking team of people that want to work. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the difference is like one of the guys that I recently hired, the owner lives out of state. The owner comes in late, leaves early every day. And it's like, motherfucker, you don't want to work. So yeah. why in the world are you surprised that none of your people want to work? Yeah. They're literally just modeling the example yeah. you're setting. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, you know, my guys see me. Up early in the gym every day. They see me. They see me like waiting until seven or eight o'clock in the morning to text them. I'm like scheduling texts to them because I'm up at five thirty and I don't want to text them at five thirty in the morning. Mitch, right? Mitch will text me at five forty. I'll text you at five thirty. <laughs> but um, you know, they see me putting in the early time and the late hours and everything else. Now, sometimes they may not know what I'm doing, right? They, but, of course not. But if they come over at six thirty at night, and I'm sitting in front of my computer. They're not surprised. Right, it's not like I'm watching fucking YouTube, you know. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, leading by example, right? Yeah. Like, how could I ever get my guys to want to put forth the extra effort if I'm showing up late and if I'm leaving early yeah. and if I'm cutting out all the time, right? And even if they do, are good employees and want to do well, they won't go the extra mile. Yeah, never. Like, like if they why see would you're you? not going the extra mile? They're like. <sighs> Who cares? Right. If this guy doesn't care about the company, why would I? Right. And if this guy doesn't care about the company, why would he care about me yeah. or my situation if I have some hardship? When when like, COVID came in, so I you know I got a friend that owns a restaurant here in town, and we talk all the fucking time. Is she going to come to the event? I think so. I haven't seen any ticket sales come across. Well, I'll have to ask her. Um, you got eight more to sell, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, which, by the way, not so shameless plug, we have an event coming up and ticket sales. So this show is going to drop on a Thursday. From the time this show drops, you Sunday, only have like four days to buy tickets. Yeah, that's Sunday, Sunday, the 6th or 5th or whatever the freak day it is. That's the last day to buy. Yeah, that's going to be like August 5th, I think. Is I the think last, it's the 5th. That's yeah. the, the ticket cutoff day. So Yeah, um, they don't. we have to feed people, and so they don't... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... So <laughs> if you're listening to this show and you're on the fence about buying tickets, you got like... A matter of hours to buy them before Come you can't buy them anymore. Come and see me. Yeah, Dave's speaking. You don't want. I'm see not. Me. I'm not really speaking unless I mean, somebody I gets sick and I have to fill in for. I to speak hour, for about twenty minutes, minutes probably. So, it's not that. It's that we get to hang out. Yeah. And then after the event, there's a bar in the lobby. in the hotel. I'm not buying any of you shitheads beer, <laughs> but if you want to buy me one, I'll drink with it. Yeah. There you go. Um, but. Yeah, so I've got this friend that owns a restaurant, and literally, as all of this stuff was happening, she's texting me ahead of time. I think they're going to do this. I think they're going to do this. You know, all this stuff, right? Well, it just so <laughs> happened that a couple of months before the COVID closures happened, she moved into a new space. And she was like, it's too big. I don't know. It's, it's just too big. I don't know what I'm going to do with that space. Well, guess what happened after, like, COVID started easing up? She could have a full fucking restaurant and stay socially distanced because yep. she had the space, right? Yeah. So proactive right but then yeah unintentionally she's, proactive she's also yeah. like you know 
can I get into DoorDash? Can I can I sell sell stuff right out the front door where people aren't even coming in and dining? Um, can I put up like she was checking out the prices yeah. of tents to put tents in the parking lot? Yeah, and you know all of this. She's yeah, staying proactive. ahead of the game, right? Meanwhile, other restaurants are like, "Well, I guess I'm just doomed," and they're blaming it all on COVID, and that's the story they tell. And everyone then starts thinking, "Well, COVID killed a lot of businesses." It killed enough for sure, yeah. but it definitely, you weren't helping your case if you were just taking what life was bringing, with, bringing you well, anyway. And let's talk about that just a little bit. Like, So say six, eight months, a year before COVID, if, if you were just, I'm not going to say restaurants, if you're any business and all you were doing is just taking what, what the world gave you and you weren't trying to actively grow your business and save money and you were being... Um, irresponsible with money spending or writing yourself big checks or buying boats or doing whatever, like that's why COVID took so many out. Right. Right. Because their, their activity beforehand was not what it should have been. Right. They were not prepared. It came in like a freaking freight train. And like, if you were, you know, one month behind already or on the fringe of making your bills every month, it instantly took two weeks and you were out. Yeah. And, and even if, even if, at that time, you had decided, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to do this. Well, it was too late. Yeah. Because you were lazy beforehand. Yep. And to be honest, it was probably, whether COVID was here or not, it was you were probably about to go under anyway. I, I mentioned to Erica, so, the, the moment all that stuff was coming down, I said, you're going to watch a lot of businesses fold within one or two weeks of this. Yeah. And those are businesses that were a week away from bankruptcy for the last few years. Yeah. They were every, floating checks and robbing Peter to pay Paul for the last two month. years. And yeah. all it took every month. was a tiny little prick. Yep. One hiccup. Right. And, and now, granted, COVID was a lot more than a prick. However, if you folded during week one of the closures, yeah. all it was taken was a tiny little prick, yeah. right? Uh, a flood in your restaurant would have put you out of business. One one week's worth of lost revenue would have put you out of business, right? Yeah. Uh, if your restaurant was in a strip center and one of the neighboring spaces caught on fire and you weren't allowed in your space for a week, yeah, that would have put you out of business. Yeah. Like, all of that shit, you were that close to it, right? Yeah. We're, we're probably nearing another wave of all this bullshit with um, uh, the after effects of all the COVID because the government's been throwing out so much money with PPP loans and ERC credits and all of this stuff that business was easy for a long fucking time. And now that the faucet's being shut off with all of that, you've got businesses that don't know how to make money. Because it was easy when they were getting PPP loans. Yeah. It was easy when you got a $350,000 ERC credit or, or more. Like, I know a couple of businesses that got ERC credits up in the millions. Yeah. And, um, you know, that makes it awfully easy to, to think you're really good in business, did right? You see, did you see Yellow Freight? Huh? You know Yellow Freight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going under. Okay. They took 700. I'm not, don't quote me on this. I think they took $750 million of COVID relief during the deal, and they had been paying it back. But now um, the Teamsters are on strike, right? And they're like, mm. well, they're still like $500 million in debt just from COVID loans. Right. My father-in-law got laid off. He worked for Yellow Freight. Yeah. Laid off 30,000 people. But yeah. that's, that's a like you're just saying, that is an after effect of, yeah. of that. Well, like you had to take the money to keep that shit rolling. And then literally one little more little hiccup, right? People being on strike, it's over. And, and those like that is the large scale version of that same sales guy yeah. that acts like he's responsible when shit's just falling his way. 
Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm so badass. Oh, we're so good. Look at our numbers. Look at our reports. It was all fucking government money. Yeah. Right? It's it's no different than when that sales guy's presented with a challenging month the next month. He's like looking for everywhere to blame. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure Yellow Freight's probably blaming it on the Teamster strike, completely forgetting the fact that yeah. they forgot how to make profit without government assistance. Yeah. Right? I'm so, not going to say that because I don't know, but you're probably right. I mean, I mean, it, you're probably and, right. And it might not be the case with Yellow, but that's definitely the case with a lot of businesses. I know, I know firsthand several contractors that, like, ironically, within a month or two after getting their PPP loans, they've got a brand new boat, they yeah. got a brand new motorhome, yep, they got a brand new plot of land, yep, brand new 68 Camaro. All <laughs> shit. You didn't get PPP loans. No, you I have to have employees for that. Yeah, that's right. I don't want any employees. <laughs> so fuck y'all. But uh, um, you know, those are the guys that are now. In positions where it's well, I can't find anybody to work. Motherfucker, you didn't want to work. Yeah. You were you were taking government assistance. Yeah. And bought a boat with it. And bought a boat, right? <laughs> and yeah. like you, you did more than not work. Like yeah. you played. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's just leading by example runs the full gamut all the way from doing the small tasks yeah. to how you manage your finances and how you run the organization, right? If you're foolish with your finances, your employees are going to be foolish, and you don't have a leg to stand on to, to argue with that. So, Excellent. Well um, said. Topic two. The hard way is the right way. It's a great segue, like what you were talking about earlier. This one has a lot more to do with technology. So I was on a uh, it's kind of like an introductory Zoom call, I guess, if you want to call it that, through one of the organizations that I'm a part of. I got introduced from somebody to somebody else. Hey, he's trying to grow a service business. You're doing pretty good in service businesses. Maybe you guys can exchange ideas or something, right? Do you sign them up for trade wins? Not yet. Okay. But the... I'm going to start to keep tabs on your phone. Mitch oh, is giving okay. away free fucking information right now. I'm trying to make them a living. <laughs> Remember back in the day, you got those papers that had every single call and text message? Yes. Do they still do that? To start. Yeah, you can get those printed off. I'm going to have to get complete access to Mitch's phone God, records. That'd be a freaking book for me. Oh, I know. Oh my Man. Dude, he's on the phone all day. I'm on the phone all day. I don't day. mean to interrupt. But go ahead. So <laughs> this guy this guy does a home service business, and uh, home and commercial service business. And he's right now he's at about $30,000 a month in revenue. Okay? Um, he's, he's bottlenecked. He can't figure out how to grow past this. But meanwhile... As I'm out, lay, like I'm laying out everything that we do, he keeps interrupting me and saying, "Well, you know, they have an app for that. They have an app. You don't even have to do that anymore. They have an app that'll do that for you." And ultimately, it's all this stuff that's driven by artificial intelligence and Chat GPT, yeah. and like reply, replying to Google reviews. He's like, "They have an app that'll reply to Google re reviews for you. You don't even have to reply." And I'm like. At what point is anybody getting so meant? Like, how long does it take to reply to a Google review? 30, 30 15 seconds. seconds, 30 yeah, seconds? 30 seconds. Right? And what are you getting? Two or three a day? So you're telling me you can't dedicate a minute a day to replying to Google reviews? Like, yeah. we're, we're spending more time. Like, how, spending how, more time how many hours to, did... uh, you know, get chat GTP and AI to, to work on that and make sure there are no hiccups yeah. than it is to just do it real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, like how many hours did you spend looking at chat GPT or AI or apps and how much did you spend money wise? Cause these apps aren't free. How much did you spend to save yourself one minute a day? 
right? Yeah. And, and meanwhile, they're never going to do it as good as you did, right? Because there's some things when you're like in a Google review, a Google review does really well if it names the business and it names their neighborhood and it names the city they live in and it names the service you performed. That, that helps yeah. the Google numbers, right? Yeah. Well, if they don't say it in the Google review, then you can add to, like you can say it in the reply, Hey, Mrs. Jones, I'm so happy we could take care of your house out there in Lee Summit and get your water heater replaced for you. Yeah. You know, give Smedley Plumbing a call in the future. Like, if, if they didn't say all those things, you can say it in the reply. And it doesn't help as good as if them saying it, but it still helps, right? Yeah. Chat GPT and AI is never going to pull that off for you. Ever. No, and it, let's be honest. People can tell, and, and the, the longer that this shit's around, the better people will be at spotting the bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about... Um, you know, being real all the time, being genuine all the time. Like that's what helps grow your small business the most. Yep. It's only a matter of time before yep. people can real, will be able to say, okay, that's just fake. That's right. just fake. That's just fake. Well, and keep in mind, chat GPT is an average of inputs from all over the world. So very rarely are you ever going to get above average results from average input. Very, very rarely, if ever, right? Right. On a long enough timeline, average input equals average output. So if all you want for your business is average, chat GPT the fuck out of it. But if you want extraordinary results, you're going to have to be extraordinary. You got to do it yourself. Right. If you want to be at the next level, it takes next level thinking. Yeah. And, And for those of us that aren't real bright and aren't real smart, you can overcome that next level thinking with hard work and dedication. Right. You know, we say that all the time. It's America. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is work hard if you want. If you want something, just work hard. You'll right. get it. Right. What, what's kind of uh, ironic and funny is like AI is becoming so prevalent that whenever I check the mail, what catches my eye is actually the handwritten letters or it's like they handwrite the address. Dude, they have bots that'll handwrite letters for you. So, and I should. Can you, I get one? I shit you How not. How much is it? So we. I don't know. I think it's Green Valley, so I doubt they. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> no, no, no. These are these are computers, right? Yeah, I want but, one. But See, what I'm saying, a handwritten thing on it, is like I reached out to into some of my networks for thank you cards because I wanted to start handwriting thank you cards to all of our customers, and the same small minded guys are like, oh, they've got apps for that. You just plug in the customer's name and address, and it'll it'll it, the postcard. You can't tell it's. It's written by a computer. Yes, you can. Motherfucker, you, you sure can, because I get the same shit all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. And like you're defeating the purpose. The purpose is we're leading by example. We're taking the extra time, and we're, we're, we're thanking the customer. Like, how, how, really? You're doing it the hard way. How good of a thank you is it if a customer gets a note that wasn't even written by you? Like, that, to me, that's a slap in the face, right? Yeah. Especially if they read through the bullshit 100%. and they realize that, oh, like all you have to do is look fairly close and realize, okay, yeah. it's not written by a pen. It's written in cursive font that was printed on a printer. However, some actually line pins up on paper, kind of like a 3D printer, yeah. only it's 2D. Yeah. And they literally have the pen drawing for like it's pen written, but it's still done but by a computer. But it's still perfect. Yeah. It's like, it looks like it's perfect cursive. Right. Like if I write it, like I want it yeah, a little crooked. My A's, I can't even do one A from one A to the next A, and then yeah. be the same. I want like, it a little crooked. I shit. want a little smudge on there where we forgot to clean that part of our hand when we were writing it. I want a drop of sweat stained on the card. Like I, I don't want, want it, a fucking sweat stained card from you. Okay, I want just it, let's be clear. I want it authentic, <laughs> right? And um, you know, I was having to like argue my case with some of these people. Now, mm-hmm. you look at where they're at in business, and they're doing. 
10 and $15,000 a month or $20,000 a month. And it's like, yeah, you're forever going to be at that level if you're trying to rely on chat GPT and AI to grow your business. Your business will not grow unless you put in above average inputs. Um, I, I posted on Facebook here recently about we were getting all the schedules together for all the speakers, and then we were going to drop the itinerary. Yeah. One of my friends, here, I'll read it. Okay. How long is this going to take? It won't take long at all. Well, I think uh, a friend and I were talking about the effects of AI, like in schools. Like, is it going to get to the point now where it's like AI has become so prevalent where they're just like, it's going to be in person tests, no cell phones, old yeah. school pen and paper? That's how it should freaking be. Dude, I'm all for it. Yeah, like, me too. I'm kind of. I'm kind of like counterculture in the sense of like as things have gotten as things have gotten much more AI and digital. I'm like the opposite way because it's it's one thing if whenever it was on the verge and it was cool to use the apps to order stuff and do all this thing. Yeah, but now it's like like it's great for ordering off of Amazon and that sort of stuff like scheduling. Yeah, but man, it's like it's a little scary. I, I just think there's consequences that are unintended that are. Oh unfold. yeah, they will be. There will be, and, and it'll be. What's probably going to happen is it's going to be sloppy for a few years, and then it'll be mm-hmm. it'll come back. People right. will realize it's stupid. So, here's are you done? You this, done screwing around? This is going to be a little wordy, but I need to do this to prove a point. Okay, how long did it take mm-hmm. us to come up with the schedule for the Trade Winds meetup that's happening soon? Um, like total actual time thought about it, or like how long it took us to realize what was going on? The order speaking. of speakers. Oh, I don't know. 10 minutes. Okay, perfect. So you, so you sent me you sent me the speakers and what the time you thought. I called and said, "Hey, I just want to verify the room deal." And I sat there on my whiteboard and I wrote it out. I looked at it. I was like, "That ain't going to work." Wrote it out again, called back. I said, "Hey, I want lunch to be moved to this." They said, "Okay." I wrote it all out. I mean, literally the time it took me was probably 10 or 15 minutes. Right. And then I sent it to you and I said, "Hey, is this going to work? I think this is fine." Yeah. And then I yeah. threw in a general order of like the, spe- the the order that we liked to have the speakers. Yeah, in, so you right? probably spent fifteen minutes on it. I probably spent fifteen or twenty minutes on it. Right, ten between ten and twenty minutes. So max, max. Somebody messaged me and said, "Hey, I follow an AI newsletter that gives new tools and tips every day about the emerging world of AI." There was a prompt for ChatGPT today that made me think of you and how it may help you with the logistics for your upcoming conference. Here is the prompt you want to type in. I want you to act as a logistician. And I will provide I details. Know if that's right, but I'll, I'll buy it. Right. Uh, a logistical person, right? <laughs> okay, better. Um, I will provide details on an upcoming event, such as the number of people attending, the location, and other relevant factors. Your role is to develop an efficient logistical plan that considers allocating resources beforehand, transportation facilities, catering services. You should also consider potential safety concerns and develop strategies to mitigate risks associated with large-scale events like this one. Fuck off. That's the initial <laughs> prompt he wanted me to put into chat GPT yeah. to do all this, right? And like, don't get me wrong, there it'll probably spit something out and and actually be workable, right? However, yeah, the fools out there are looking at what this spits out and forgetting that they could have come up with that on their own and they didn't have to learn a whole specific prompt to like Get it to do what it, what you could do on your own already. You're you're right? two seconds from vaulting me into people are getting dumber every day. Yeah, 
Now, what's funny Brand. is the guy that sent me that is the opposite of dumb. He's one of the he's one of he's one of my more brilliant friends I Just have. Just because people are smart doesn't mean they have common sense. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, college is where common sense goes to fucking die. Totally. It's like I just I have to study and I have to do this and I have to use the computer because that's what I've taught and I've got to do this. And I, next thing you know, you wasted a week doing something that take two hours. Right. Like what the fuck are you doing? Pull your head out of your ass. Right. Now hard work. Flip side of that. Here's where here's where learning Chat GPT comes in handy. So we're dealing with this problem in our business where Google reviews are falling off left and right. Um, it's we are Google's going. I don't know what's going on with Google. I think it's going in the toilet. Well, they're driven by AI. Right, they are now totally, they, yeah. and they have been forever. Well, like the, the AI that we have access to—it's it, yet yeah, different than the AI. But yes, you're right. You're the, right. The, the AI you're that right. we have access to today is mm-hmm. like five and six year old technology that Google's been using for five. Yeah, and, six and years. the government's been using to track us. I get it. Right, right. Don't start me on the conspiracy theory shit. But I mean, it's legitimate, right? It is so, legitimate. That's why, um, that's why I'm mad about it. Right. It's the difference between a conspiracy or mm. conspiracy theory and fact. About two years. And they don't yeah. shy away. That's good. Like, like if I, <laughs> that's good. If I told you two years ago that that the conspiracy theorists would say that the government's lying and the government would be telling you that aliens are here, like you'd think I was a fucking kook, right? And now the government's trying to tell you aliens are here and all the conspiracy theorists are like, no, they're just trying to distract you. Dude, I'm telling <laughs> you, this is so fucked up. So like five years ago, we're getting completely off topic. Five years ago, my brother says to me, so he reads a lot of conspiracy weird stuff. Right. So like five years ago, he's, he tells me this guy's name. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. And he's like, this guy says there's going to be a plague. And or he says something's going to happen. Then there's going to be uh, a man-made virus that shuts down the world. And then the government's uh, all going to try to tell everyone there's aliens. And then they're going to try to create one world government. And like right now, two, he's it's two out of three. Yeah. He's two <laughs> out of three. And I'm well, like, he, like, Joe comes in the room. He goes, you see that alien shit? Yeah. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, I fucking told you. Yeah. I, I'm like, dude, this was five wow. years. And so I don't give him any credit. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But the whole time I'm thinking, dude, that guy was right. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Well, in the one world government things, not, I mean, that, I, that's, so, a, that's a conversation that's actively happening. They, so they've been having it for 10 years. The real problem is you can't control that many people with one government because I think people will lose their shit yeah. and just start killing people. Yeah. So I mean that's well, why I've been not stocking up guns and ammo. So what's your allegedly. leverage? What's your leverage to try to push one world government to control? Well, what what's your leverage right? Control. What's your leverage right now to have government at, in its current form? Right, is to protect our state from other states and our nation from other nations. Right, yeah. and if, if so, if it's all one nation, then yeah, 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 I get it. Well, one world government would be to protect our world from other worlds. Yeah, that's so why that guy was saying. That's he why was you like, got to go aliens. He was like, they're going to tell us that there's aliens to get the one world government. And I was like, Joe, you're, dude, stop watching that shit. And now yeah. it's like, dude, he might be. I mean, there's, 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 there's definitely some merit to it. That might have been right. Right. Like, what the shit right. is happening? Now, I can't change it. Not with my current level of intelligence. No, so. you can just allegedly stock up guns and ammo. There you go. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. So, um, and buy cars that are old enough that if you distill moonshine enough, you can use it as gasoline. There you go. There's my tip for the day. <laughs> there, that's why David has a 68 Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, not true. I'm thinking old truck, uh, old, old beater. So here's where knowledge of chat GPT comes in handy is when you're using it to combat businesses that use it against you. So like, let me go back here a year ago, about 14 months ago, we had literally, so 
you can go back and look at the date we released episode 36. We recorded episode 36 on a Tuesday. By that Thursday, in, in episode, 30, episode 36 was about how to get bunches of Google reviews. And we, we talk about in that episode, we earned 400 Google reviews by that episode. Mm. Well, oh, at 36? Okay. At, at episode 36, we had done 400 Google reviews. By the time episode 36 actually released, two days later, Google removed like 27 of our Google reviews and knocked us back down into the high 380s. And in those high 380s, here we have a show bragging about how we have 400 and now we only have 380 because Google just arbitrarily yeah. removed them, right? And so I you know, contacted Google and did all the things, and Google basically just says, we reserve the right to, to remove any reviews that we feel are fake or malicious or against our standards. And none of them are. And it's their right. candid answer, right? It's yeah. because their replies are driven by ChatGPT. So um, here we are a year and a half later, and now we were crunching on the door of 600 Google reviews. We just passed it the other day. And now, but now I'm kissing myself, you know, kiss of death here. Uh, I, I by the time this say, episode drops, we're going to have less than 600 because Google's going to remove more I of them. I thought you were going to say kiss my own ass. That no. makes more sense. <laughs> but, but we were like, we monitor every Google review we get because we reply to it and we actually spiff our guys based off of the Google reviews and all this stuff, right? So here the reviews are coming in and we're checking them and we're, we got a countdown because we're racing to 600 and we're trying to get 600. Well, we get to like 580 and then the next morning we're at 578. And then we get to like 584 and the next morning we're at 581. And like they were pulling, like we were having to get 10 Google reviews just for four to stick on the board. Yeah. And so we follow the prompts again and we get the same canned answer again. Well, I, I made a post on Facebook about Google's playing games and they keep yanking all these reviews. And within like an hour, it had 80 something comments about other businesses experiencing the same thing. Really? My, my current search engine optimization company, um, the guy texts me and says, hey, I saw your thing. I actually just did a write-up about it. And he sends me a link to the write-up. And he has all of the prompts. These aren't chat GPT prompts, but they kind of are. He, he has a full-blown process. You're going to submit a request. They're going to kick back this answer, and it's going to say, we reserve the right to remove reviews and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because it's their canned answer. You're going to reply to that email with this exact word. Copy and paste it in there. And then they're going to reply how they've escalated it to a specialist. Yeah, because that it, that is not someone reading an email. It's just right. the computer. It's just the computer an kicking it out. And, and, and so yeah. now he's gone far enough with ChatGPT, where now he knows the prompts to combat Google's ChatGPT-driven replies. Right. Nice. And so I'm not through the process yet. I'm waiting to really talk too much about this until I am all the way through and it works, because I'm going to give the guy one hell of a prop on the air for this. But so far, we're, we're four steps into this. Pro the steps about the, this process is about 24 steps long. We're four steps into the process, and so far, it's doing exactly word for word what he said it would do. Nice. So um, he had another client do this, and they had 60 reviews reappear overnight. Nice. So, um, so do you have to do it for each one? No. No, you okay. do it for your account. Gotcha. So... Um, you know, I don't like I'm aware of 60 reviews missing from ours. I'm unaware of how many people left us a review and it never even posted to our account. There's probably no way you can even look at that. Google will put them back once you go oh, through all this process. So you're saying, and verify you're saying that, you may do that and you may end up with 100 or 150. Right. Or 200. Maybe we go up by 100 overnight. Who freaking knows? Who freaking knows? Like, we'll, gotcha. we'll find out. I got gotcha. you. So I got gotcha. you. That is where 
knowledge of ChatGPT and AI can come in handy. Don't use ChatGPT and AI to do shit that you should be doing yourself, right? You wouldn't ask ChatGPT how to tie your shoes. You already know how to fucking do that. Yeah. You wouldn't ask ChatGPT how to organize a list of speakers. You already know how to do that. Yeah. Right? You wouldn't ask yeah. ChatGPT to do shit that you can figure out on your own. Well, don't... And don't waste time... Don't waste four hours doing something that you can do in one hour. Right. Like, it just... It doesn't make sense. And you think that you're going to learn... Oh, I'll learn it, and then the next time... It'll, no. Right. Just... Just do it yourself. Well, like it's 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 so much easier. What you know? What do they say all the time? It's easier if I just do it myself. Yeah, that's that's one of the most true statements on the planet. Well, and, it's and easier if I just when do it comes it to Chad GPT, if you want it done right, it's better to do it yourself. Like that's probably more true than not right now. At the beginning, right? for sure, right? Be, because Chad GPT is going to give you an average response. Well, I don't want average. I want extraordinary. Yeah, Chad GPT is not extraordinary. Yeah, right. So. There, there are places for it, but not in the customer experience. Um, and I will add to this, that this isn't just using like literally a chat GPT app. There is tons of automations that are hurting you as well. Prime example, every CRM out there, like 10 years ago, these softwares came up with the idea or the ability that whenever the technician clicks traveling to a service call, the the person on file for that service call gets like a text or an email saying your technician's headed your way. Well, that's more and automation. It, exactly. It's automation, yeah. right? But, <clears throat> but it'll give them like a photo of the guy and it'll give them yeah. like a bio, right? Yeah. And when it first came out, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. The computers can do that. Everyone quickly learned that ain't helping the customer experience because just because you see a picture in a half written paragraph yeah. of the guy likes spending yeah. to like, like let's just let for one, let's just explain how all those are for one. The picture is 10 years old and about 40 pounds lighter. It's no, <laughs> it's no different than a fucking real estate agent. Midget like, in his twenties. If you're, <laughs> if you're a real estate agent listening to this and you want to change the game, get your fucking photo off your billboards. I don't, I don't choose my real estate agent based off of how they look. Yeah. And if anything, if you have a photo on your billboard and I meet you in person and that photo was 20 years old, I now distrust you. Well, you just because what are you yeah. trying to pull? Yeah. Right? Well, or you're lazy and just pick the only stock photo you had. Or most real estate agents are self-absorbed pompous assholes and they think that people want to see them. That's not the case. Well, it's almost like real Mitch's, estate agents. I've worked with them before and it's almost the real like real estate agent Mitch out. They <laughs> they talk about getting headshots like they're their agent is asking what they're like in Hollywood. Like I remember yeah. there was a guy who was mentoring a guy that did shots for us. Like, okay. You got to get a headshot and a medium shot. I'm like, like you're not going into Hollywood. You don't really, you know, they right. talk about it. Like you're, you're not an actor. For Congress. <laughs> you're trying to sell a fucking house. And you know yeah. what, you know what helps sell houses? Proven track records of selling houses. Mm. Nobody cares if you're a man or a woman. Nobody cares if you have a beard. Nobody cares. Do you know what fucking you... sells houses right now and gets people to like, let you list their house. Doing the hard work. Answering the phone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the easy work. Just answer the damn phone, you jack-offs. Right. When I call and want to know about a house for sale so I can buy it and rent it, right. answer the damn phone. Right. Now. Now I'm mad. <laughs> what? So all these, all these softwares that would throw a technician photo on there, right? It's, it's all a 10-year-old photo that's 40 pounds lighter. It's all a clean-shaven photo, and the guy hadn't shaved in fucking weeks, right? <laughs> 
So now you show up and, and your shirts, your shirts pressed and nice in the photo, and then you show up and you look like a fucking slob, right? Because you're expecting Chat GPT to do everything for you. Don't judge me. So then, the, the descriptions are all the same. Loves spending time with his family. Enjoys enlist two hobbies. It's like a fucking Mad Libs article, yeah, right? Like enjoys truth. two hobbies. It's not the truth. No. Married, has two girlfriends on the side. Yeah. One's you know has eight babies. Dead up to his eyeballs. Yeah. Lo- loves to. <laughs> Play golf and get so drunk he's passed out by whole fifteen. Like it doesn't <laughs> tell you the truth about the guy, right? Right? It's like a bad Bumble ad. Is really what it is. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would let that guy in because that's honest. I'm like, okay, that guy can come to my house yeah, and right. work. Like, hey man, what's like, up? Having these beers today? Not yet, bro. Right? Maybe it's, later. It's like the homeless guy that's like on hard times. Anything helps? I'm not giving that guy any money. Now the guy that like I literally have a photo in my phone. Homeless guy holds up a sign and it says, "Need cold beer and a fat butt lady with a job." I'll actually give that guy a couple bucks. First off, this is, I don't know if I should say this or not. So we used to, so Layla's practice was off Swope Park, right? 63rd Street and 435. Like homeless camp USA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going down there one day to meet them to pick Layla up, right? And I got beer in the truck. And there's a guy out there, you know, anything will help. I just rolled down the window and gave the guy three beers. I was like, hey, dude, you want some beers? He's like, dude, really? Yeah, I was like, I ain't got no money. I said, I'll give you three beers. Right. I just gave the guy three beers. Like, now take I mean, the ten bucks that somebody else gave you and actually go buy food with it instead yeah, of the beers. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cover the beer. Right. He's gonna go buy booze and drugs. Just right. you know what? Here's three beers. Like, I shouldn't give the guy three beers. You didn't share your coke with him, did you? No, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. Well, no one's like, taking that shit from me. Well, but yeah, I just I was I I gave the guy three beers. I mean. Come on. Right. One of the AIs I aside for like photographers is they have like it's called degenerative fill. Where it's basically it's like you can go in and be like, Oh, I want a bright sky. No, I want I want the house to be red. And so you're commanding all this stuff. And it's one thing if like maybe you were out on a day and like the weather wasn't exactly how you want and you want to touch up stuff, but like people are using it like just because you can use it doesn't mean you should and like I see people that'll do yeah. that. And it just like, and then it makes it look like shit. I was like, so why did you spend four grand on a camera if you're just gonna just build your picture? Right. Yeah. And like, just take a good picture. You can just go out there with an iPhone if you're gonna do that. You don't even yeah. need to do that. You can literally put prompts into Chat GPT, and mm-hmm. it will make the fucking picture for you. It's called generative fill. Well, you can take like portraits and be in like, yeah. oh, I don't want that bench in the background, and you can type in or do what I haven't actually used it, but I see people doing that, and it's like, first you think lazy, then you think go sell your four grand camera, and then you're just like. Dude, just like line, take ten more seconds and like line your photo up better. Like, dude, there's know? there's a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop his name on here because it's fucking awesome. Um, he had these photos and I copied all of his photos and then reshared them on my own page hmm. because sharing his post wouldn't get it traveling that far. So I shared it under my own page. And oh, then I saw I, that. And then I tagged him in it. And yeah, it was all these that. photos of Mario. Yeah. Um, I saw it. Got to be close. Got to be close. Where are we at? Where are we at? You're never going to find it, dude. You go through too much stuff. So I shared it on July 17th. It's been shared 315 times. This guy's photos are that badass. Okay? Yeah. His name is D. Becker. D-E-E-B-E-C-K-E-R. He basically commanded ChatGPT to write pictures, to create pictures of like a sequence of what actually happened in Super Mario. Mm. Like for, yeah. for Mario himself, yeah, right? And he took the psychedelic mushrooms and everything. Like yeah. every photo in there is created by ChatGPT. Have you seen... Every single one. This is completely... No camera needed. Like a year and a half... Maybe it was a year ago. year and a half ago, there was an art contest and someone won and theirs was a computer-generated painting. 
Right. But it was like, um, like when you looked at it, you, like literally, you couldn't tell. Right. And it was maybe one of the coolest pieces of art I'd ever seen in my life. Like, but at the same time, the whole time I'm thinking, if I'm not impressed because a human didn't do that with their own two hands. Right. You know what I mean? Even though it's cool. It's like the 3D art in the 80s, right? Yeah. Or early 90s. It was, it's really cool. Computers generate it. It's badass, but it's like, eh. Right. It's kitschy. And, right? and because it's most, not, it's not as impressive. And because most of the listeners of this show are in person to person service based businesses, people want to see service. They don't want to see computer generated bullshit, right? Computers should make your job easier. It shouldn't take over your job. And and so like we use computers to do math for us. We use computers to capture customer data. But that makes it faster. But it makes it faster and it allows me yeah. to give a better it's customer not a experience. Neutral, it's not a neutral time. Right. My CRM will send out those same, you know, on the way texts and emails. We turn it all off. You know what we yeah. do instead? You call. We pick up the phone and we call the customer mm. and we tell them, hey, this is Mitch with Smedley Plumbing and I hear you're having a problem with your toilet. We do, we talk, I'll be there in 20 minutes. We talk about it all the time. Being right. genuine mm-hmm. and being part of your community is the number one way right. to success. Right. That it's the number it's the number one way for most businesses to reach a mm. successful level. Yep. Like if I reach out to someone and I'm like, hey, can you take photos of me and my wife for our anniversary? And then I find out they use like something like generative fill AI or whatever. And I'm like, if you're going to do that, I'll just, I'll go on chat and just be like Austin, Caitlin photo in front of a waterfall and just do, you know what I'm saying? It's like, right. you're kind of yeah. like, yeah, you just know, dumb. It, it's, but, uh, but the problem is these people are so hell bent on thinking that that needs to happen. Yeah. They don't realize like, like this guy that I was talking to, his business is capped at $30,000 a month right now and he can't get past it. Well, yeah, it's because your customer experience is kind of shitty. Like, or, or he's wasting time instead of getting leads and sales. He's wasting time fucking with AI and chat DTP because he just likes to do it. Right. Right. Now, maybe, 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 maybe he's prepping to be a global company one day and he's going to need that time savings. Well, he don't need it now. But he don't need it now. He don't right? need it now. It makes it look so, really weird if you have a small customer base and they're using chat GPT and AI. Chat right. GPT and AI are just like... Can you just call yeah. me and tell me that? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this rolls right into our third topic of things don't just happen, people make them happen. All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. This is like, this is that, right? Uh, I, I posted today. Um, today. So like three or four years ago, maybe five years, excuse me, five years ago. Yeah. You all right? um, We, uh, I was looking for ways to make extra cash. Now this is probably six years ago. I was going to say this, it's been longer than that. Yeah. I was looking for ways (laughs) to make extra cash. So I I thought I'd get into flipping cars, right? And I thought, 
well, if I can buy a car for under $2,000 all in, by the time I buy the car and do any repairs that it needs or whatever, you can usually sell them for three, right? Then I could sell it for three grand. Yeah. And I thought, like, any good running, driving car with good tires and good brakes is worth three grand. Doesn't even have to have AC. Just no. three grand, yeah. right? Four and, grand if it's got AC. And then the, the next level thinking that I had was everybody has three grand or has access to three grand somehow, right? Yeah. If you need a car. It's easy to sell a little bit of dope and get three Gs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, dude, so, I can get like, it. <laughs> the, initial, the initial version of this thought process was I would end up with a badass car. The initial th- thought process was. Oh, you were going to sell and fold. Yeah, I was going to yeah. sell and re, like, reinvest, yeah. sell and reinvest, sell and reinvest, <laughs> right? And and then I started thinking like you start getting into five to ten thousand dollar cars and it's harder that's, to make that thousand bucks. Yeah, people don't have that kind of cash, and now you're like a bank can come in. It's and easier. Like, it's easier now to, to get a loan. Save the thousand, take the two, buy another one. Yes, then get a thousand. And and so I yeah. did, and I found out like I don't have a dealer's license, but in Missouri I can. Is it twelve? I'm uh, guessing six. That's it. You can six? buy and sell six cars for profit Damn. in a year without a dealer's license. Way off, right? So no, but you can do six, and Danielle can do six. Right. Right. So uh, we actually had to do that with the seventh. We titled it in her name. Yeah. But um, no problemo. The um, real quick sidebar on that in Missouri, you only pay tax like you get a a sales tax credit when you sell a car. So I would buy them for eighteen hundred two thousand dollars. I would sell it for three thousand. I would take my sales slip when when I buy the next one for two grand. Careful what you say here. No, no, this is legal. Okay. Uh, I would, when <laughs> I buy the next one for I'm two grand, I'm just, I'm just helping you out. I'd buy the next one for two grand and I would have to take, you know, go in and title it in my name. Yeah. Well, I would have the sales slip from the one I just sold for three grand. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to pay sales tax on any of these. Yeah. Because I get a sales tax credit for yeah. three grand and I apply it to my $2,000 purchase. Yeah. And so I literally bought one car and, and then turned it into seven cars and didn't pay sales tax on the other six, only the first one. Yeah. But anyway. My first round of doing this, I found a car auction down the road from where I worked at the time, and it was one of the only auctions in the area that would sell to the public. You didn't have to have a dealer's license. Yeah. So you could go down there and check out the cars during the day, but the auction was online. So uh, I post, uh, or, you know, I find two cars that I like. You couldn't test drive these cars either. That was kind of the sketchy thing about it. You take it like they would test drive them and then write up a report. Oh, it seems to make a noise or it runs fine or, or whatever, right? Ouch. Yeah. So ouch, you, there's a risk, right? Yeah. Ouch. So I find one was a little like uh, Hyundai something, Hyundai Elantra or something like that. Um, and then another one was an old Ford Focus. And so uh, I had both of these cars on my like a list. If I can get one, great. If I can't get that one, I'm gonna try to get the other one. The Hyundai comes up first. And I end up buying the Hyundai for 1450 bucks. Jackpot. Keep in mind, I was prepared to spend as much as 3000 on this car. Okay. So I got it for like half of what You're I like, wanted I'm to do. You're like, I'm buying this other one too. Bitch. So, so now I'm looking at myself, going, man, I still got fifteen fifty in my budget. I, I budgeted three grand. So let's see if I can get this other one too. Well, sure enough, the focus comes up right next on the docket, and it starts bidding. I end up buying that one too, right? And I, I think I got that one for about fifteen hundred bucks. So I bought two cars for Perfect. three grand. Right. Yeah. Right. So I pay for them. I go up there the next day and I pay for them with my debit card. And I get them home, which was a feat in itself to get them home. Um, come to find <laughs> out, story for another day. Yeah, yeah, come to find out, the Hyundai needs a wheel bearing, and it's like growling, screaming the whole way home. Forty minute drive on the highway with a bad wheel bearing, and it's like that's okay Wah! though. <laughs> wheel bearing's easy to fix though. Yeah, yeah. It's not so bad. I pop a wheel bearing in it. Um, I clean them all really, really, really well. Change the oil in them. They already had good tires. I put brakes on it. 
which all this stuff is like absolutely like a wheel bearing was thirty five dollars brakes for like forty bucks like it's dirt cheap right yeah so I do all that stuff I sell it within a week and I sell it for three grand yeah okay by this time my bank statement comes in the freaking auction place never charged me for the second car and nice I'm like honest right so I call them up the next day <laughs> better and, person than me dude yeah I call them up the next day and I'm like <laughs> That's hey, my car. I got a couple of cars from your auction there last week, and I just got my bank statement, and you guys didn't charge me for one of them. This lady cops all this kind of attitude, and she's like, I never make mistakes. How dare you accuse me of making a mistake? I can assure you that whatever is on your bank account is correct. I'm sorry, ma'am. And I'm like... Have a nice day. Okay. (laughs) Like, click. I'm not going to try really hard here, right? Yeah, no. So the focus, I spent about 200 bucks at a junkyard. It needed a new hood, new bumper, and new headlights. Um... And so I spent 200 bucks at a junkyard, and I got new hood, new bumper, and new headlights for 200 bucks. Jackpot. And I drove that car for like two or three months. I didn't pay shit for it other than the $200. <laughs> I ended up selling it for three grand. Nice. Wow. So this whole thing happened, and I ended up pocketing like four grand out of this whole ordeal. Jackpot, and all I had to baby. spend was about two grand total. Nice. Um, sold both cars for six. Nice. Okay. So somebody messaged me and said... Man, I wish I could find a deal like that. And that that's why the reason I'm you telling you You have to go look. Right. Good things don't just happen. People make them happen. I guarantee you that guy's not looking for deals, right? You you put yeah. yourself out there looking for deals and looking for deals and looking for deals. Guess yeah. what? You find deals. Yeah. But meanwhile, you got these people that are saying, "Oh, I I wish I could find deals like that." Meanwhile, they're never looking. Yeah. Like Shit just doesn't... Nobody walked up to me and said, hey, do you want two cars for 1450 bucks? You can't sit around your house and just think, man, something great's going to happen. That doesn't work. You right. have to apply yourself. Here, apply yourself. Like, right. You have to get off your butt and say, I'm either going to work hard or apply myself to get the excuse me for doing this, quote-unquote good deal or quote-unquote lucky break. Right. It's not luck. It's that you applied yourself to be in the right situation at the right time. Right. You weren't, you weren't lucky 27 times. You were lucky the 28th time. Right. Right. Exactly. Because you were putting forth the effort to be in the right situation at the right time. Yeah. Now, we talk about this on the show a lot. You know, we always... You know, you take off the t- top ten percent, you take off the bottom ten percent, and what is reality is 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 literally the eighty percent of the norm, right? Yeah. Well, to to be successful, if you're living in the eighty percent like we are, you have to apply yourself. Yeah, you have to get after it. Absolutely, or it's not going to happen. Right. Hello. And, and the same goes for those people that are like, well, good. You, you know, you can't find good help these days. Meanwhile, they aren't even fucking looking, right? Mm. Or they aren't creating a place where good help would even want to work for them. Yeah. Right. So like g- this shit doesn't just happen. People make it happen. You, uh, the, the guy that I was on the phone with or, or on the call with about growing the business, he, he was making comments about like he'd love to get his business to the level where mine is. But meanwhile, he's refusing to put in the work that it takes to do it. Right. He's he's wanting to make chat GPT and AI and all this shit do all of that. Yeah. And and it's like no, you have to make it happen. You have to handwrite the thank you card. You can't you can't expect ChatGPT to do that for you and it actually play off with your customers. Uh, and and meanwhile, yeah. this this guy looking for this deal, right? They messaged me. 
He doesn't know about the, the like literally the very next car I bought at that auction. It fucking blew up on the drive home. Or he doesn't. Know I mean, that- like caught on fire on the highway. <laughs> so like, there's risk in all of this shit. Yeah. Or, so or the fact that the other fifteen guys that didn't get the two cars that you got had went and been like the the eight weeks before that and hadn't got a deal. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're still working for their deals, but they're working. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. or the fact that you may have went up there three other times and didn't get anything because they all sucked. Yeah. Or, or let's say, let's say there's a thing you don't know how to do, and you're going, man, it'd be nice to know how to do that. Well, fucking learn how to do it. <laughs> don't just sit there and and say, oh, it must be nice to learn how to do that, or it must be nice to. I, I wish I knew how to do that. Figure it out. Do it. Like, what's stopping you from putting in the extra time to do it? Like, nobody's gonna show up and say like. Hey, I got a feeling you don't know how to work on this type of thing, so I'm going to pay for your training for you to go do it. Like yeah, that shit doesn't happen. It's unbelievable. I I put that on. Did I? Did we talk about this on the show? Yeah, a little bit last week. I put it on Tradewinds Group, didn't I? About the car. I think I put it on Tradewinds Group. I think so. So I got the '68 Camaro. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. This yeah. is a great. This is a great example. I got the '68 Camaro. The clutch go. Janine's driving it. I drive it. The clutch goes out. Right. right. I'm thinking. I got to take this to whatever. Well, I put a video on the Tradewinds group that literally said, I called myself out. I'm going to try to replace the clutch in this car. I literally have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Right. I literally have never pulled a transmission in my life. I pulled the transmission out. I pulled the clutch out. I pulled the flywheel off that thing, bought a new flywheel, bought a new clutch, had to weld a tab onto the transmission, which was aluminum, which I've never welded before. Right. Watched YouTube videos, figured it out, put the car back together. It runs like it's a brand new fucking car. And I've literally never done any of that in my life. Right. I had no clue. I had to learn how to do it by watching Google. Right. That's uh, that's literally what I did. Meanwhile, there's people that are like, oh, it must be nice to know how to do all that. But yet they always figure out a way to get to the bar every weekend. Yeah. Like they're bitching about how they don't have enough money to pay their mortgage. Yeah. But they always got enough money for their bar tab. Yeah. It's just like it's you're 100% right. Well, I don't know how to fix the toilet. Well, I don't know how to do this. Well, how do you think I fucking learned that? I, I did it wrong a lot. A lot. And then I just figured it out. <laughs> right. Okay? It's it's called trial and error. It's called learning through experience. Failing forward. Mm. Yeah. I, failing forward. I like that. Yeah. It's just, it, you cannot learn new things without struggle. Right. You can't, you just, especially if it's hands-on, you can't. Yeah. Like, you can go to as many DeVry's and Vatterot's and bullshit welding schools and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But until you get in the field and see something that you've never seen before, right? you won't be able... 70-year-old men with experience, that's a real thing, people. Yeah. Like, it's a real thing. Yeah. Okay? That's when where I was their 20, wisdom comes from. When I was 28, I thought I knew everything. I'm 40, and I, now I realize I was a dumbass and didn't know anything. Yeah. Like, it's it's a real thing. But the only way that you're going to get great and learn new things is by getting off your ass and saying, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Fucking, I'm going to do it. Call your buddy. Hey, dude, what do you think about this? And your buddy's going to say, well... I know this, this, and this. You probably ought to YouTube it. Yeah. You're going to YouTube it, and you're going to figure it out, and you're going to fuck something up. And you may fuck something up bad, but when it's over, you have literally have learned a whole new skill maybe. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It, the fact that kids now these days, I shouldn't say, God, it makes me feel so old when I say that, are so afraid to try new things. Right. Like, don't be afraid. What's going to happen? You're going to look bad? Who gives a shit? Right. Just do it. 
Yeah. Just do it. The I can't mount a TV. What do you mean? Borrow the, a stud finder. Find a stud. Mount the fucking bracket. Put the TV on it. You're fine. Right. Or pay somebody. Mm. And then don't bitch about what they charge. Like I say, there, I'm not paying someone to hang my TV. No, I, I'm figuring it out. I agree. <laughs> but like, don't be that guy that wants his cake and eats it too, right? Yeah. Like, I could have yeah. watched YouTube and figured this out. Yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. Right? D- yeah, don't bitch about it. Right. Don't bitch about what the guy charges if yeah. you didn't put up mm. the work and the gumption and buy all the tools to do it. Yeah. So the, the, ultimately, this all comes down to going the extra mile. Yeah. And you, you know what's crazy is there's no traffic on the extra mile. You know what? Because you, nobody saw, ever does that. I saw you wrote that in your notes, and I rewrote it, and I said there's no traffic when you're out in front. Yeah, exactly. When you're out in front, there's no traffic. Right. So if, if, you're, if you're listening to this show and, and you're thinking like, oh, I wish my employer would send me to this certain kind of training, go pay for the training your fucking self. And if you don't think it's worth it to pay for it yourself, then it ain't worth it for your employer to pay for it either. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Right. Like, if you really think you need the training, it's worth it for you to pay for it out of pocket. Man, I tell you what, Mitch been fired up the last couple. Yeah, weeks. I think he's. You taking testosterone? No. You drinking too well, much? Well, I'm on TRT, but that's to you get still, me back to a normal level, not to an accelerated level. I don't. So, uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch, well, I'm gonna get off topic here. Mitch was he telling me that this has been like a month ago, and I went in. They, I was like, hey, check my testosterone level. She's like, why? I was like, cause I'm just bitchy and moody. And I got an attitude. She laughs, right? My yeah. doctor's a female. It's fucking hilarious. And she's younger than me. And she's pretty good looking. So while she was at it, she checked your prostate No, too. she did not check my <laughs> prostate too. But she, she's like, okay. So she gets it and I go back in, you know. And I said, well, how's my testosterone? She's like, you're fine. You're above your average for your Ho- age. What's the number though? It was like 645. That's still low. 650. That's still low. Do you know what 41-year-old men average is? It's like 480. Yeah, here's the bullshit part about it. Average is 480. That doesn't make it right. That means as a society, start, our testosterone is overall low as an entire group of men. Okay, so and they I'm try a, to act like that's normal. I'm above them. Though. Normal is not optimal. I'm above them. Nor, like They literally just if gave you, you give, the chat GPT answer for if what they it give is. You, if, if you take too much testosterone, depending on your body type and how you are, it can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. That's why they don't just load everyone you up on testosterone. You know what too much is? It's fifteen hundred to twelve, like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred at our age. Said the guy buying it from the testosterone clinic, trying to sell it to him. I I have more drive and energy, like than ninety eight percent of the people our age. You're right, because average average for us is about three hundred. Yeah, and I'm I'm, and I'm running these motherfuckers down. Right, I'm not working kids that are twenty five years old. Imagine where you could be if you were up around the eight hundreds and nine hundreds, where you should be for your age. Do you know what would happen if I was at eight or nine hundred? We'd come in here and you'd say something and I'd beat the shit out of no, you. Oh, it here doesn't in the cause anger. It does. I have the anger already. <laughs> it, char- it, it, it runs. It runs. Um, aggression. It runs aggression. Elevated levels. Yes. Yes. And that would for me. No. That would be elevated, Mitch. You know me. I know. I'm two seconds from throwing this table at you right now <laughs> at fucking six forty. I mean, I I'll that's, tear this broom to the I'll burn it to the ground, dude. That's that's one of the biggest like most bullshit things out there. Like I was testing at two eighty, and at two eighty they're like, yeah, that's a little low, but it's, it's still within the relative range of normal. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, pussy. that's a little low, but that's still <laughs> within the normal range. It's not anything we're going to do anything about. I, I couldn't take more testosterone. So you go out, you go talk to any... Dude, I'm wearing Janine out now. 
You go. Well, I mean, there is. I, there's no way. Maybe she needs hormone replacement if I therapy. I was at 800. She couldn't walk. Maybe she needs hormone <laughs> replacement therapy. It can affect women just like men. Maybe. And I, I can know, I maybe. can speak from experience that when they get so, I got so off topic. No, this is really I mean. <laughs> I'm supposed to be somewhere. How long, to, it, how long is this show going? Speaking to middle-aged people here. We're 115. But, uh, yeah, you get a woman that gets her levels right, too, and, oh, man, you might have a hard time up. keeping up. I'll have to fucking go back for boner pills. Yeah. I'm not on them yet. I mean, everyone's time's coming. Yeah. But, like, I will be 42 that is the American later. way, right? Try to tell you that your 280 testosterone is normal, but also here's Viagra. Yeah. Like, like I don't like. Think <laughs> yeah, about, that's a good point. <laughs> think about this for a minute. When you have a headache, it's not because you have like a Advil deficiency. It's not because you have a Tylenol deficiency. No, There's some you, other thing causing it. It's because you're ninety percent of the time you're dehydrated. Most of the time. Yeah. Right. Let my my daughter all the time. Dad, my head hurts. Drink some water. Right. An hour later, how's your head? I'm fine. Right. But like, drink some water. The the have general two shots of overriding vodka. thing. It will go away. Is take this medicine, <laughs> take this medicine like it's the cure, but it's not the like. And we do this in business too. Take the thing, take the the measure to prevent the result, rather than actually solving the cause. Yeah, instead right? of solving the problem, try to mask the right symptom. I mean, right. I'm 41. I take zero meds other than TRT. I take, that is the only thing I take, and I literally take the only reason D3, I... but I have to. The, the only reason that prompted me to even get on it was because I had low sex drive, and I had been busting my ass in the gym with almost zero results. And, and as much as, as hard as I had been working in the gym, like, I should see something, right? And also, like, I was emaciating myself with a diet and still not losing fat. So... All the signs. Your body wasn't burning fat. Right. All, which you have to have testosterone. All signs fat. were pointing to low T, right? Yeah. So then I go to actually TRT specialists, and they're like, uh, yeah, 280 is like astonishingly low. Yeah, like, we want to see you somewhere around 1,000 at 40 years old, 41 years old. That's too And much. they said, like, when you're 18, 20 years old, your testosterone's closer to 1,800, 2,000. And when you're 40, you want to be somewhere around 1,000. And so, otherwise, anything like you go eighteen hundred, two thousand, and now you can get into all those problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got on it, and now I'm seeing results in the gym. I'm seeing fat come off a little easier. I'm not. I've not changed anything. I haven't changed my workouts. I haven't changed my diets. Like literally, all I did was TRT, and I can now keep up with my wife in the bedroom. <laughs> no so, comment. I mean, no comment. Kind of personal shit, but at the same token. There's probably a boatload of people listening to this show right now. Oh, yeah. They're scared to death to, to talk are, to their doctor. Well, they're scared to talk yeah. to their doctor, and they're they're being told the fucking bullshit lie that 300 is normal. Yeah. Like, count your blessings that you're at 600. You could still optimize Almost a little bit more. So it, I will say this. She's like, you know, if you just want to boost it naturally, you can. And so there are things I've taken, and I will say... You can, it, you can move it about 10% it, by natural stuff. It... it it had gone up from that too. Yeah, you can you can move I it actually around. Feel a lot better. You can move it around about ten percent by doing natural stuff. But even like I've got a I've got a buddy of mine. Um, he's he's a bodybuilder and all of this stuff. Now he's younger, right? So it's easier for him to do the bodybuilding thing. But even he got on there. Like he has no skin in the game at all. He's not trying to sell me TRT or anything. And he's like, dude, if your wife got on hormone replacement therapy and you can't keep up with her and your testosterone is two eighty, 
there is nothing natural that is going to take you to the level no, that you need to be. Not at 280. Like, you have to get no. on TRT. No. Right? So, uh, I did it, and I'll never go back. Like, it, it is like a freaking light switch. Be- uh, clarity, focus, drive, I can't wait till energy. We, I can't wait till we have our UFC fight for charity. It's going to be oh, so man. much fun, dude. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. We need to do it like the old school gladiator did, where we have all the different, like the 10 different. No. We're not. Where we stand on the pedestals with big giant Q-tips and try to knock each other off. We'll make no, a, we're not we'll make doing a, that. We'll make a tennis ball gun and oh try God. to pelt each other with it. That might be fun. I'm telling you, we could go old school gladiator. We could come up with cheesy nicknames. We could I, wear leotards. I got this. I'll wear a leotard. <laughs> I'm not afraid to wear the show what you got pants. No, I'll, I'll wear it. <laughs> Might have a tube sock in there, but I'll wear it. <laughs> Is that a Sharpie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so square it's, on the it's end? It's a big one. Don't but... <laughs> worry about it. It's a Magnum 44. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wrap us up, Mitch. We're right. we're we're like we ran long again. That's so, right. <laughs> uh, guys, if you, you enjoyed the show, bastard. if this dropped value, uh, if you got something <laughs> out of this, do us a favor and share this with somebody who needs to hear it. Right now, you're thinking of somebody right now that you're like, man, that guy would love to hear this, or that lady would love to hear this. Literally, hit back on the app one time, go to the share button and share it with them. Just yeah. text message it to them, right? Um, you know. Drop like if you're on your local groups for your trades, whether it's electrical or plumbing or HVAC or or any of that stuff, and you, you hear of guys posting about starting their own business, drop us on there. T- say, tell them to go follow the Void Podcast. Like we've got well over a hundred hours of absolutely free content yeah. floating around out there. It costs nothing, so um, throw that out there and help your buddies out. Uh, do us a solid. So we're, we drop all this information for free. All that we ask is that you help share the show. So until next week, guys, we will see you later. Love you, boys. Love you, boys.